2: Everybody, Eric Bischoff here. And have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co host, John Elba, every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight up business talk here, no fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And, hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now. And listen at adfreeshows.com.
0: Do you love wrestling podcasts, but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at nine bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help. And you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com.
1: What's going on, wrestling fans? It's time for another edition of DDP Snake Pit right here on Podcast Heat. I'm John Alva filling in for Conrad Thompson once again, and I'm joined by two fide Hall of Famers, the stars of DDP Snake Pit. First, Mr. Dallas Page himself. DDP, how you doing today, man?
3: I'm actually doing great, man. Trying to, uh, what I call, fit 10 pounds of shit into a two pound bag. But besides that, I'm doing really, really good.
1: (laughs) Well, this is going to be a great episode because we are talking about the life and career of Eddie Guerrero. And I know that you'll have some good stuff to say, but I'm really excited to hear what the other Hall of Famers got to say. He, of course, Jake the Snake Roberts. What's going on, Jake?
4: Well, you know, I'm positive, but uh, got a heavy heart today, man. Last week, we were talking about someone who I hold in the highest regard. Nobody higher. And I value our friendship as much as I do Dallas and mine. He's just a lovely, lovely man. And last week, out of concern, I brought up something that I had no business bringing up. Because I didn't check who said it. Number one, you should never, and folks out there, you should learn from this. You should never talk about someone unless you check the facts. I said that uh, I'd heard that Ricky was having problems with the mental aspect. Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat. And... uh I did it out of concern and love, and fear—fear fear that I'd been the reason, maybe, that he was having problems.
3: Good news is he's not having any damn problems. Which I—I'm just going to interject here. He looks like a million bucks. He always does. <laughs> I know, but but dude, I just—I spent a I I time with him, and it's like the some bitch can get in there. And still go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so.
4: Yeah. It just, uh, you know, I repeated something that I'd heard from, I thought was a a very good source. Someone that spends time with him. And uh, I was totally wrong in doing it. I'm ashamed that I did it. But man, I am so scared that I'm going to lose my friendship with him. Not that bad. And uh, I've reached out with no luck. And, Ricky, I certainly understand you have the right to ream my butt, kick my butt, whatever, man. But just don't shut the door on our friendship. That's all I ask. Because uh, I would I would dearly miss that. But uh, number one talent, ain't nobody better selling. And uh, a phenomenal athlete, a phenomenal man.
3: Great human being.
4: Great human being. And uh, please let me come back in. Thank you.
1: I thought that episode was a tremendous tribute to everything that he's brought to professional wrestling and the stories that you guys both shared, I thought were tremendous. So uh, I, I really appreciate you sharing those words. Uh, about Ricky. And and I think it's very apparent, Jake, uh, how sincere those words are. So um, uh, very much appreciate you sharing that. And I'm looking forward to sharing some great stories with you this week, because I think this is going to be a really fun episode about the life and times of Eddie Guerrero. I'm going to not be fun if you say Eddie Guerrero, you know, because he exactly was it. fun. Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest in-ring talents of all time and one of the greatest personalities in pro wrestling history. And your journeys with Eddie start maybe a lot sooner than a lot of people realize. And I want to get into how you both first meet Eddie. So when was the first time both of you had an interaction with Eddie Guerrero?
3: Well, I got to go back to the Guerrero family. Because when I break in 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 88, the main feud that that we had, uh, Bad Company... Pat an and Paul Diamond was with the Guerreros. And, God, man, Mondo, Mondo is the first one I'd ever seen run at the ropes, boop, 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 like a cat, jumping. I have no idea he's going to do this, by the way. Get just to the top rope. And then he died. Nope. Pat and Paul were down. They're, dude, come here, come here. As I come at him, I'm so bum I lost this picture. There's Mondo, twenty feet in the air, and they're coming down. And I'm like, what the? You know, because I'll go I, get help. <laughs> I, I I've been working maybe three months, which means oh Jesus, three, which means three days. Because yeah. I work one day when I go for the AWA. Oh my God. And we did four shows. <laughs> I made a hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, they overpaid so, you. Do, do, do the math: thirty-seven fifty a show. But you're a star. <laughs> so people, people think they see you on TV. Oh, but they yeah. automatically think you're making money. Not true. That's the it. The first man. three and a half years, I tell people this all the time. First three and a half years. Between gas to get there, the, the, the outfits I was wearing, it cost me a lot of money yeah. to try to be yeah. Diamond Dallas Pages, the manager of the color commentator. But those guerreros, Hector and Mondo, oh. were so unbelievable. Yeah. One time we had Mondo upside down, and he's you know, he's he's in the middle of the ropes and his legs hooked, and we're just but I'm coming and getting cheap shot, cheap shot. Here come the baby faces. Those are running.
4: potatoes, too, I guarantee you.
3: <laughs> here comes the baby faces running out of the baby face locker. So I'm out of there. And as I take off and hurl the corner, you know, back then in the 80s, it's a rope. Yeah. There's no guardrail. And as I come around the corner, here's a guy got to be about five seven, And he's here. As I turn, I think he's one of the boys. And as he comes, he hits me square in the face. Now, I'm already getting out of there. I'm about to take my own bump on the floor, but he connected, and I realized as I went down, he wasn't one of the boys, and I just sprung up by the time, you know, the cops are there. Oh it was, Man, my face was swollen out there. He caught me perfect. Some bitch got away with it. So that's, when that happens. So the, My two really big memories there is that got some good heat, but Mondo jumping up that top rope, and then what's the last thing that I've done in professional wrestling. Jumping off the top rope oh, on the boys at AEW. Yeah. Like, what's the odds of that? So That's my, crazy. And, and, I didn't and think of that. Isn't is that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that crazy. So friggin' Mondo and, and Hector are so good, but I hear about but their brother, Eddie, and he's a kid then. I mean he's a 13, kid. 13, 15. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. So I've already heard the legend of who the really unbelievable one of the of the brothers are, you know, and I don't meet him until Jake. So I start wrestling, of course, and Jake takes me under his wing. I tear my rotator cuff. Yeah, I'd been wrestling about nine months. WCW, you know, yeah, they're not going to keep me. I'm 36 years old, pseudo rookie wrestling nine months. But Jake takes me under his wing. And as I heal up, he brings me and gets me booked on place. Some of them made me do myself. So I get used to doing that. Yeah. But the thing is, there's that first video that you sent me with AAA. Oh God. In in, and then back then I'm about 275. Did you have your fur your fur curl The what? Did you have the? The fox fur on? No, I wasn't wearing. I was oh, wearing God. a zebra. Damn. I was wearing a zebra with that one. But going there, yeah, and being a part of that, like I'm Jake's. <laughs> I'm Jake's second, his bodyguard. You know, but the the show is him and Love Machine Art Bar, yeah. who was another an talent. unbelievable talent. And there's Eddie Guerrero. So I finally get the beat up. And now we're all on the same team. And we're against um, um Conan. Conan. Who's over? Conan was over. So like over. He was so over. It was like uh, when he he came out last, Pero Guay was there. Yes. Uh, Pero, Pero was at you know, at the end of his career, but he
1: was still out there and they
3: loved him. Oh, gosh. Um but I can't remember who else was in,
1: the, who else was in the party. It was Conan, Pedro Guayo, and Blue Panther. And Blue, Blue, Blue Panther. Panther. The
3: Blue, yeah. yeah. Ah, God still and, has something left. And and I'm telling you, friggin' Conan was over like the ultimate warrior over. Year.
4: That's what I want to get into. he was. That's what yeah, I want to get into. It was so funny. It was so funny that he was over like that because he's not even Mexican. Yeah, he's Cuban. He's
1: Cuban. <laughs> what a ribby's player. <laughs> let's let's put things into perspective a little bit. So, AAA is running really hot shows in Los Angeles around this time. So we're okay. talking early nineties, ninety four ish. So Los
3: Angeles, no, is, New York. Eight, this is eighties, like ninety. Maybe 89, 90, yeah, like 90, 93. 93. 93, it was. Right, 93. Right.
1: 93. Right. And Jake first gets involved. The, the first time we see you getting involved with Conan is you're pretending that you're just a spectator coming to watch a show. And yeah, um, once I had a date since April <laughs> Sherry. Uh, not a bad date. And uh, uh, another story. <laughs> and several. He's having a hair versus hair match, and you end up yeah. costing him his hair versus hair match. Yes, I did. But. He, and he or and hair for his career, man. He rather. has no hair. He and, has no hair. And <laughs> and 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 his career was on the line, sorry as right, well. Right. And uh so he has to retire because you cost him. He says, wait right. a minute, that's not fair. I got screwed. And yeah. that starts this great program where Eddie Guerrero eventually comes into the fold. How did all this program get going? And what are some of your memories of uh that tremendous, oh tremendous God. feud?
4: Well, let me let me tell you the first time I met Eddie. I, growing up in a wrestling family, had met Chavo Sr. You know, he wrestled with my father, so I knew the Guerrero's. And I seen all those little kids running around the back. And <laughs> That's there was crazy. a bunch of them, brother. That's crazy. It was like a tribe. Okay? <laughs> and so that was my first. My second was I met him in Florida when he was about 15. And my only thing I can remember from that is that I know the girl that took his virginity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, He was quite shook up over that, by the way. <laughs>
0: uh,
4: <laughs> it was a whole new world for Eddie. And then I get him in Mexico. And the, how I got him in Mexico was, is hell. I, I got a phone call from Conan. And uh, they talked to me about doing this hair versus hair thing. And at the time, of course, you know, I had that beautiful, long, cascading hair. Well, okay, mm. you know, it's, <laughs> like, it, what was, falling, it. What was, was falling out it. anyway. What was left of it? What was left of it. <laughs> and uh, they offered me an amount of money that I could not refuse. And uh, it was quite nice. So I went down and uh, did the thing with uh, Sherry. Uh and oh my God, and what a night that was, <laughs> we're in the ball arena in Mexico city, 50,000 people, and they're going to have me casually get up, step over the barricade and blast, um, sorry, Conan Conan mm. and cause him to lose. Now, before I blast Conan, I've got to get rid of the other guy because they're fighting on the floor. Well, I go and it's supposed to be Jake. Just nail him; he'll go down. Yada yada yada. Turn around, bash Conan, work him over, throw him in the ring. The other guy will come in, beat him. One, two, three. Okay. So I turn to this other guy and I go boom, thinking he's going to fall. And as I go boom, he goes ah, and hooks up on my ass. <laughs> So, I did what any red-blooded man would do. You mother... Mm. I blast him.
3: He went down this time. <laughs> that's, like, that's, like stand, that's like the Stan Hansen line. You'll sell it the first time <laughs> or you'll sell it the second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you may not remember it, but you will sell it. It splattered
4: his nose. broke his nose. Wow. Part of it was sticking out of his mask. It, it was really uh, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. But he went down. In fact, I had to help him up to get him back in the ring. But I got Conan in the ring, and he's still down. Oh, fuck, get in there. Well, that's when the fun started. Because, my friend, you may have been to some crazy-ass dances before, (laughs) but you ain't been nowhere till you've been in Mexico City and take out the number one hero (laughs) of all time. Sherry and I were accompanied by a very large Afro American man who was the tour manager for Salt and Pepper. He had gotten involved with AAA on the money end. And he had a lawyer who was also involved on the money end, who was this Jewish lawyer from New York, tiny little guy. And he had brought his wife. And his wife was some <laughs> Harvard think tank girl. This girl had no common sense at all. She was a think tanker. Okay. She have, doesn't any, have no idea. No that, idea. I None. And I tried to tell her before the match, <laughs> you might want to leave. Oh, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. So Sherry and I, we had to fight our way out of that damn thing. Bet. They've got bicycle stanchions on each side. They're pushing those things together, man. If they close, you have no place to go. And there's no way in hell you can open them back up with 25 people on each side. pushing. So, man, we're fighting and we're trying to move. Now, my only gripe about that was Sherry was in front and she was getting to hit more people. <laughs> she must have laid out six or seven guys. I only got like two. I'm like, Sherry, feed me one. Feed me one. No. What happened? What happened? You know? And, uh, um, sure. oh my God, <laughs> I'd take her over any man in a fight. No,
1: but. What I love about this, Jake, is that this is the beginning of a well thought out program. This all goes oh, yeah. down on April 30th, 1993 in Mexico. As you said, it was a hair versus career match between Cien- yep. Caras and, uh, Conan and once you guys get involved that paves the way for you to have this awesome awesome feud that would culminate a year later in hair versus hair Uh, but eventually uh, you face Conan and Cien Caras in a three way and that's in the United States and that's where we first see Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero become involved and they are aligned with you what do you remember about that night because this is one of the largest crowds in the US in wrestling that year and it is hot as shit These fans, like
3: 17,000
1: people. It was was the Los Angeles sports arena. It was like total sellout. Yeah. Yeah. It
4: sold out quick too. They should have ran two shows, (laughs) two payoffs. (laughs) What do you remember about that? Well, they they threw us together, man. And I was happy. I was happy for the simple fact that I had some guys I could actually communicate with. (laughs) Um, Pero Guayal no english at all the only thing i could do with him was drink tequila with him and we did a lot of that that night in mexico city man when i because we could not get out of the building to 4 a.m because the people were still waiting outside to kill my dumbass. yeah jake had to the cops take him out of there well they had to have a impromptu autograph session from the baby faces. They called their baby faces, had them come down and do a fucking autograph session at 4 a.m. in the morning just to draw the people away enough so we could get out. <laughs> so I sat in the locker room from 11 to 4 with Pero. He was the only one that stayed. And we drank tequila. Too much, on my add. Mm. But uh, we got out of there, and that's when it set it off. And it was on fire, man. So no matter where we were, we went to New York too, and it, it was just on fire. But uh, L. A. was special because I just left the WWF and going to that building and feeling what those Mexican people threw at you—not literally, but we'll get well, to that too. They did that too. Am <laughs> <They did the, laughs> I mentioning batteries, cups of piss, the the, the nacho clipper. sauce, the nail clippers. clippers? Oh my oh, goodness, those hurt. yeah. They chunked everything, bottles, you know. A bottle you can see, but a, a nail clipper or a battery, you don't even see it. And, uh, and other, batteries really
3: hurt. <laughs> well, Jake also took what what was the the Mascaradas Serena? Uh, the midget. The midget dude. I press slammed him. He press-slammed him and bring it. I mean, that, and they love that kid. He's he was an unbelievable. Worker, yes. he was a mini me who could really go. Yeah, he was only that
4: tall, yeah, but he felt heavy. Yeah, Jake,
3: <laughs> Jake picked him off that top road, freaking slam. Oh, boy, he got so much heat on that. <laughs> the crazy thing you do, and then I got in there and did some spot little Conan, and yeah, put, place went crazy, flipping over. I mean, that was the, that was the craziest, most passionate crowd that i in I've never a, been in front of taking a I've never been to ECW and did it there, but I, I watched the crowd and I never seen a crowd that passionate and great. They would have killed us if they yeah, could,
0: they, they would yell. You know, yeah, they would have. So at this point, you know, the guys are all about trying to figure out a way to get better. Well, science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent, deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. Temperature controlled sleep is going to repair your muscles after a hard day's work, and it's going to improve your cognitive function to strengthen your athletic readiness. And that's why this Memorial day, Chili sleep is working with veterans organizations to support our hero sleep and recovery too. Let me explain if you're, if you're not familiar with Chili sleep guys, this has been a game changer in my life. I absolutely love it. I love it so much. I travel with it. Chili sleep makes the customizable climate controlled sleep solution that you need You need it to improve your entire well-being. I say that from experience. I'm sleeping better than ever. I give 100% of the credit to Chili Sleep. These are water-based, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. And I mean ideal, like my wife sleeps warmer than I do. I like to sleep a little colder. We can do that. This is like a smart thermostat for your bed. And this cooling technology leverages water's amazing thermal powers for deep, restorative sleep. Chili Sleep Systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. And recently, Chili Sleep has partnered with the Independence Fund for Memorial Day to donate sleep systems and to show gratitude to our veterans. Plus, U.S. military and veterans can get special savings at checkout through Memorial Day Weekend. Head over to chillysleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available, especially for DDP snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash DDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day
1: how did you feel about the pairing of Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr with you, Jake, and DDP? What you think of that as well? Because oh, I, the way I, I look at it, it's like okay, those guys are there to take the bumps, and Jake can be right. the, the big time right. star in the ring.
4: Well, they they came to me and they told me, Jake, we don't want you to take any bumps. Well, that's not my style. I felt really weird not do, taking a bump. And it took a lot, man, for me to try to not take a bump. I'd catch myself going, no, don't you dare go down, you know? Mm. But they wanted the love machine and Eddie to do the bump. And those guys could bump. Oh, they could bump. (laughs) Because (laughs) here's the reason they could bump so well. They tried to outdo each other. Yeah. One of them would go in and do a bump and look at the other one and go, yeah, what are you going to do? And he'd go in and try to outdo that. They were young, okay? They They were very young. They, They hadn't started getting hurt yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, having them around, man, was a lifesaver for me because I there's no way in hell I could keep up with those kids, you know. And, uh, they put us in six, six man's around the country down there. And, uh, I remember one night,
3: Wait, anyway, before you go, before you get, before you tell the story, you have to understand when there's six man's, there's six entrances, and I don't mean like WWE entrances, which are long. <sighs> I mean, it took 20 minutes to get everybody out there. It was like, I was just like, it's a pageantry. Jesus Christ, come yeah. on. a pageantry, man.
4: Yeah, it, it's wild, man. And uh, they enjoy every minute of it. And uh, it's held to high standards. And, and each guy wants his moment. And by God, they get them. They get them. But uh, <laughs> I remember one night we were in one of those cities down there. I can't remember the name of the city. And if I could, I couldn't say it. So anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but... I I came back to the locker room, and I started throwing chairs and stuff and cursing. And Eddie and Art went going, what the fuck happened? It was great. Dude, it was great. what's wrong? So the promoter comes over with the interpreter. Jake, what's wrong? Why are you so upset? So I tell the guy, I said, tell him, son of a bitch, if he can't get me some guys that can take better bumps than those guys, I'm out of here. I quit. And Eddie and Art went, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Because they beat themselves to death, man. And I got a six sense of humor, so yeah. <laughs> it blew over fairly quick. Yeah, he, but They, they, went, they realized they, you were ribbing Yeah, them. <laughs> it, it was a rib. And, no, they were fantastic, man. They made my job so easy. They'd go in, flip, flop, flip, flop, bing, bang, boom. I'd go and go, boom, boom, gotcha. DDT. How much better
3: can he get? Yeah, you know, in Art Bar, Art Bar, it's a one of people who never, you know, he, he talk about two people who died way too young. Yeah. He was, to me, I think maybe the youngest. Yeah. That had people that hadn't seen him yet. Like you no. had to be from that niche of that world. I'd heard of him, yeah, but I'd never seen him. And then I see him, and you're like, I mean, Eddie held him in such regard, man. Um yeah, uh, it's it, that was he was the first young one I went.
4: Yeah. Wow, he was the love machine, the love machine. <laughs> and, uh, he, he was a great kid. I think kid. he's from
3: Portland, wasn't he? Or yeah, or he was from Portland. He
4: had a brother, Jesse Barr, who had already stained the name, <laughs> <laughs> not in a positive way. But <laughs> Jesse had some issues, like I did, and, mm-hmm. um, and art to die the way he did at home. With his young son in the house mm. for two days, while Daddy wouldn't wake up, mm. and they finally came by the house and somebody peered in the window and the baby was right by Daddy and Daddy was dead. Yeah, he had, uh, that's a shame, boy. He was—he yeah. was a great.
3: I loved. I—I I, I was only around him a little yeah. bit. a lot He of choked on
4: snooze, man. He fell asleep dipping snuff and.
1: Yeah, it um, wasn't long after you guys worked with them too uh, it was in 1994 he passed yeah. he was just 28 years old um maybe yeah, he had not gotten near what he had coming oh, oh god you know
4: and uh if he
3: would have been around when we when we when we exploded with oh, eric oh jesus all the, christ no man they, he would he would have been a freaking monster now yeah. just like eddie was yeah you know? And and Jericho and all those guys, you know, he would have got he would have he a hell of a spot. He, he
4: might have been the best out of the group except for Eddie.
1: Well, wow. well, Eddie was yeah, just was close. Eddie was just twenty six years old when you start working with him here doing this. So you're, you're not kidding. And you had already known Eddie for eleven years at that point. You said you met him when he was yeah. fifteen. So Eddie's really coming into his own. And you guys end up working uh, the six man tag on November twelfth, nineteen ninety three in L A. And that's where you three. Defeat Conan, Pedro Guayo, and Blue Panther. You guys were just talking a little bit about that match before, but I want to quantify just how insane the heat is. Because I think you can say to people, oh, the crowds were crazy. Oh, Jake, you're saying they have to send the baby faces out. But this is unlike anything you see. This is
3: this is dangerous. Yeah. This, this is where they believe. Life and death. They believe it. Yeah. Like they believe it. They believe every punch. They believe every word you say. Yeah. Um,
4: For instance, um, I went down to Acapulco and I was going to wrestle and I went to the TV station to do an interview. Well, on the interview, I might have said some things that weren't quite nice. You know, I think I said something about um, I was here as a ambassador from the state of Texas. Cause I realized my forefathers stole that whole state from the Mexican people who were the rightful owners. And I'm here to give it back because if we ever decide we want it back again, we'll just whip your asses again. It's no big deal, you know? And then I mentioned the, the 96 Olympics and the reason uh, they added in Atlanta is because anybody who could run, jump or swim was already there. And um, I go back to the, Oh, and I finished up. By singing the, the Frito Bandito song, oh, which they had take Frito Lay had had to shut that down, that old commercial, because the Mexicans thought it was, you know, horrible to the Mexican people. So you know, I, 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 and Frito Bandito. Yeah. I love Frito's corn chips. I like them. I do. Yeah. I love Frito's corn chips. I steal them from you, you know, and they thought that was pretty bad. So I go back to the
3: hotel. I mean, and they were right.
4: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They were absolutely right. You know, yes. They'd still be in lawsuits if it were today. Yeah, but right. I went directly back to the hotel. Well, as I go through the lobby, there's a lobby bar with the TV, and everybody's glued to the TV. So as I go, I, I glance up, I'm like, holy shit. They've got water cannons spraying people down. People are flying, man. I mean, you've seen a water cannon hit some people, but you see a water cannon hit a a small Mexican man? He flies 20 feet up against the wall, smack, and they're blasting all these people, and the cops are hitting them with batons and stuff. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, what the hell's going on there, man? I don't want to be in a country like this. Amigo, they are looking for you. (laughs) That is the TV station. They're trying to kill you, you son of a bitch. Oh my goodness. Oh fuck. (laughs) (laughs) They had rioted and stormed the TV station because they knew I was in there. They wanted to kill me.
0: Wow. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com.
4: So,
3: uh, They'd was, love this, Jake, though. That was a good reason to do cocaine <laughs> <back
1: was>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dallas, Dallas, how good of a fodder was Eddie then in helping attract that heat further more for Jake? Because that's what pairing him with a guy like Art and a guy like Eddie is supposed to do. They're supposed to go in there, do the bumps and further accentuate that heat. So how good were they at doing that?
3: Yeah. Mm. Amazing, um, they're 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 magic, you know. And and if you you just watch the entrances, you know, just the entrances of those guys coming out, like and they're wearing red, white, yeah. and blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> you know, they
4: you can't you can't do anything worse than wear the red, white, and blue. <laughs> but uh, see, they were so smart, man. They would go out and fly. But then as one guy's in the ring flying, the guy on the outside is going to maneuver around to a place to where he can trip the guy or he can get a cheap shot on the guy to stop him. And then they would tag in and they will bing, 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 and they turn it around again and give him another comeback because that basically was the, the whole match was constant comebacks by the baby faces because they, they, were, they were doing the job. So you want to make them shine and then we'll steal it. And we did.
1: <laughs> Eventually you get your comeuppance, so. Conan it, was gets it,
4: was
3: it, up. it was an experience, boy. It was
4: a, Yeah, it was, man. It, it was, uh, was
1: a
3: cool experience to be a part of.
1: Yeah, that, air with, Dallas, uh, seeing that firsthand, how much did that whole experience open your eyes, especially as you were making your pro wrestling journey and you were making strides in that regard?
3: Yeah, man, I've been wrestling. I've been wrestling for like a year, like a year and a half. Not even because I took off it's five, six or seven months because of my shoulder. You know, then I was just studying, you know, and then trying to rehab back, get the shoulder back. And then coming in, like I say, Jake, we went to independent shows and worked all all over. We went to Singapore. Yeah. Conan came with us to Singapore. And we had a whole big crew for that. Wow. The Philippines. Oh, boy. Yeah, John Rizzi put that together. Um, But, uh, you know, that was one of the experiences. And I was bummed out till you sent me that tape that I never had that. Yo had to, yo, oh wow yeah yeah got it now you know so I'm gonna get some stills of- so you sent it to him I see I sent it to you too no he sent it to you too I, I you, you don't look I look forward see how quick he
4: jumped <laughs> <laughs> easy boy sit, sit
0: stay, stay.
3: yeah but it was so fun to go back and watch it oh God. and it was even crazier than I remembered it you know that, that's that's the fun part of it but I can remember Jake being laying on the mat. And at some point, he looks at me and goes, we're out of here. And that's when he pulled out the nail clipper because the nail clipper was open so it's you know it's a little knife on the end of, yeah you know blade and they had thrown it and, and it came flying in and he trapped it like right yeah. In his
4: wow. yeah it was coming right after me
3: the batteries were coming cups of piss oh yeah you know what I mean we had a chair so that really sucks
4: too whenever they throw a cup and you catch and you think it's beer and you, oh <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just did
1: I you guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys know back then that eddie had world champion particular. oh yeah 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 i just thought like you know
3: because i remember back then there was there, there was, was no big there was yeah, no, there small was no smaller guys no. that would you that you could imagine on the other side whether it was you know wwf at the yeah. time or yeah or WG that they never personally they never would even got a shot no you know and every freaking guy that is five foot Eight or under. Forget about it. Oh, fucking owes Eric Bischoff a dead gratitude because yeah. he's the one and him and, and Conan Conan's the guy who's been booking those guys forever. Conan is the one who brought everybody in. He still does like whether it's Ray Mysterio or whoever mm-hmm. like Conan's the godfather, you know, and he looks out for the boys. And, like, when they they first brought all those guys in to to, uh, Nitro, WCW, the fans, the real fans loved it. Because they'd been seeing guys from there to when you watch Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega, and those guys come through the independent world. They would have never gotten the opportunity. Never would have gotten it. And having guys like Eddie was at a different level coming in. Um, because there was a lot of the guys who, who whether whether it was um, um, psychosis or, yeah, I mean, there was so many guys, They were never going to get to get the, get the to that mid-card. But, but Parker, he was one of the guys who could get there. But most of the guys were, were, were given their own little area. But Eddie was the guy who came out of that. You know, Eddie, and, of course, Benoit, Benoit was jacked. Too. Oh yeah, you know, but Benoit, Chris, you know, and, and Jericho, like all those guys, were doing that. Uh, the uh, I don't, Benoit, I don't think he was doing the uh, uh, the cruiserweight. No, but they were coming up. Yeah, and, you know, they couldn't and, be held down. Yeah, he could You couldn't hold down Chris How Jericho. You hold that down? You can't. You can't go, You ain't gonna hold down Chris Benoit. You weren't gonna hold down Eddie Guerrero. And there's no big man that can do that shit. It's just it, 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 at the time. I, for me personally, Eddie helped put me on the map because in '96 I had my first really good match at Sting in January of that year. That was the year that, freaking, I started to come, you know. And I am still, but it still took a whole another ten months. It took me to get to working with Eddie, and I want to say it was summer because we did Halloween Havoc, and that was October, so it would have been sometime around. Uh, August or September we started our feud and Eddie was going away and I had won the the battle bowl. So I was getting, you know, a couple of months of just enhancement wins because they weren't going to give me anybody to beat. (sighs) And one night they, you know, Kevin Sullivan was like, listen, you know, we got this idea with you and Eddie and I'm like, sure. What do you want to do? And, you know, like, let's just do it. And, Eddie's gonna slip over, you know, with a schoolboy or or something like that. Such a devastating maneuver. Right. And the whole angle was though, I was still good. Eddie gets the win, he gets his hand raised, he goes, and you spit him and hit him with a cutter. And then you hit him with another cutter. Yeah, and then pissed. you put him on a top rope. And I'd never done that before yet. And hit him with another cutter. Hit him with another cutter. <laughs> and then I grabbed Nick. I think it was Nick. Nick's belt and started whipping him. And here comes Chavo. Now, the whole reason that that was done like that, because then he's going to go to Japan. He's got to go there for a month. I'll go. work with Chavo, which I never realized till I did his podcast. Chavo... Had wrestled so 15 good. times or 20 times. I thought he's been working for a couple of years. I mean, Chavo, all the all those Guerreros.
1: so good, just
3: unbelievable athletes. And Chavo, what a what a career he's got oh. now. I mean, yeah. that deal, you know, the uh, glow. He was the coordinator on that, but that Chavo used to do all that stuff in Hollywood too. Senior. Chavo Senior, you do all that stuff, so it's sort of like second generation there. But he got a lot of guys the breaks to be on the show and doing all that. Um, But Chav and I had it, and he said, "Man, you took me through a hell of a match, man. You just because I I I laid it out, I called it all, but I took stuff I knew he could do because he was really an amazing hand, especially for being so. I didn't realize it, Green. I was surprised. I didn't know. But then Eddie came back and then we got the work. And over that period, the diamond cutter was getting over and Eddie... At the time, he was kind of like a tweener. He was like babyface heel. He was a babyface. he of got a babyface heel. So people started shifting over and cheering for me. Yeah. And I'll never forget the, that match I had in Baltimore. And I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I grabbed the mic and I said something that I won't say here. Because now it's like, don't say that. You know, but what I said so the mean? last thing I need is a bunch of you cheering me. Fuck. And, um, and uh, they shut me. up. They shut up and Scott all grabbed me. He goes, what the hell are you doing? I go, I'm trying to get eat. He goes, yeah. And what'd they do? They shut up. <laughs> no, they shut up. Oh, They shut up. And that's where I just started. I, I just changed the way I was working. But Eddie was the one who was giving me the props and showing like, hey, this guy can go. And then we had the match at Halloween Havoc, which he's supposed to go over and I don't realize it, but when he comes off that top rope on me, he broke his rib. He keeps working. I snatch him oh through the spinning power bomb. He never oh sells God. it. He never tells me that he's in monster pain. You could have killed him. I, I do. that broken rib. It right, but, right he, but I didn't know. Oh, you didn't know, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't know. If you no. see me pick him up at the end, sure. I, I go to pick him up, and he, he goes, you're diamond cutter. I go no, Eddie. You're supposed to. I'm, I'm literally go no. You're a diamond cutter, diamond cutter. And if you see how he falls, and I never noticed it till after I see it, right, he's trying to protect where yeah. he comes down on because he didn't want to do. He he was hurting, and I didn't find out until we got to the back, you know. And but that son of a bitch, he kept going. Like, But he couldn't do the Frog Splash. Oh, God, no. You know, but he, if he would have said, I want a small package, you stay down. I would have done it, yeah. you know, not knowing whatever. But uh, you you know, know, he capitalized. Yeah. He saw as an opportunity to raise it to another level. Yeah. Okay. You guys one more match. Yeah. And he, and he gave me. It was a really, it was a huge, huge boost, win. a huge God. boost. You know, MGM Grand, Halloween Havoc and uh, we'd still work together occasionally after that. Um, matter of fact, he came up with that crazy diamond cutter uh, when we were uh, I was getting ready to go do the thing with Malone and Rodman and Hogan, and we're Saturday night, and Eddie comes up, and he goes, he goes, hey, he goes, what about a diamond cutter out of a powerbomb? bomb? I go, how are we going to do that? Because, you know, your junk's going to all be in my face. Now, I'll tell you who did that. Orton, did, uh, Orton and Ziegler. Would later do that. But Eddie, when he said, no, no, he goes, roll me up on your back. So when I pick him up, I roll him. So, you know, he's he's looking up and he's over my shoulder. And I go, now what do I do? He goes, boost me. Engage. Right. I just gave him the boost. And right there, he spun in the air. And I'm still, we're not going to practice it. And he slides down my back. And I look back and I go, boy, if we could do that. That would be pretty sweet. And when we boosted and we went, it was like, we did it a hundred times. That's awesome. I mean, it was,
0: it was magic. Who's going to take care of your family. If something happens to you, what would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com, get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com.
1: It's it's a trilogy of matches that you guys have. Um the first one is that clash of the champions in ninety-six, and then the second one what is was that so what the the, cl- was that? the clash of champions is in August of ninety-six.
3: Right. So that sets it up. Is is National Hall getting involved yet or not? No. Right.
1: That's a little later. So. Right. 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 So um, then you have the Halloween Havoc match, which is what you just referred to as before. And then ultimately your third match, which I think honestly is the best match between you guys, is the culmination of the U.S. title tournament. The U.S. Right. title is vacant, and it culminates at Starcade 96. And you guys go 15-20, and Eddie pins you to win the vacant title there. Uh, by the way, in that Halloween Havoc match, you mentioned the broken rib. Meltzer reported that he also had a high fever and was showing flu-like symptoms that day as well. So uh, yeah, you know, Eddie we was know. just a trooper, man. Um, <laughs> how how you know, giving
4: was he? Uh, most guys at that time were. Yeah. And before, for
1: sure. How giving but was Eddie? Eddie took it to the level as an opponent was he, was he all about enhancing the opponent that he was in there with? Was he a giving opponent?
3: I'll I'll tell you one
1: night me and Jericho
3: talked about this. This is, this is is a crazy story. One night we're in Tipolo. (laughs) Tipolo? (laughs) Tupelo in Tipolo. And there's, it's not cameras. It's just a house show. And, uh, I, you know, I film everything. I film every match, so we go out there, and it's going. and Eddie isn't right on step with everything, but he's still great, you know. He's just, but he's just, he's just just off a of step, and I don't really, no, I'm not. I'm not really just fucked, you know. Just that today, it's not. It's not the magic that it normally is, but it's still good. And then I do something to him, and it's pretty big. Whatever the bump is, and he comes up to us, and he goes, "Come on." Oh, shit. I look like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, I'm freaking, I come on. So I freaking boom. I freaking kick, I I hit him with a punch. He staggered back. Come on. So I hit him again. He comes back. He goes, is that all you got? I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Now now I'm coming. I'm really coming at his head. And for the last second, I go, what am I doing? So I loosen up. There's a reason why my fist looks like this, but I still hit him hard. In the ear. And then I took him and I threw him and I turned him, I hit the turnbuckle and he hit and went boom and he went flat down. And I looked at Charles robbins I said, You tell that motherfucker we're going home. I'm like, What's the hell? He's like fucking busting my balls, right? He looks back and blood is coming out of his ear. And he goes, He's out, out. So I fucking went through the heel. Finally, I don't know how we got into the finish, but Eddie was mad as fuck, fuck at me. Him. He fucking came in that locker room and he, and he came in. He, he goes, What the fuck? I go, Come here. I want you to see it for before you get pissed off. So I play it for him. He goes, Oh, bro, I'm so sorry. It was his birthday. He was drunk as shit.
4: Oh. Uh-huh.
3: And when I'm telling Jericho that, and I've heard this before, Jericho started laughing. He said, he said, yeah, we called him the giant Guerrero. (laughs) Giant Guerrero. And I did, I just knew something was a little off. But then when he kept coming, like, I wish I would have kept that match. It would have been so wow. much fun. But he gave me a big, hug. I go, Eddie, hey, I don't give a shit. But I'm sorry. But I was really coming. Like, oh, I oh. tucked my hand up. <laughs> but I, you know, that's was- what pisses me off, you know?
4: We go out there and we wrestle and we do all this oh. stuff. And then we get mad and we throw something and we fuck ourselves up. <laughs> what the fuck, man? That's completely not what I had.
1: <laughs> but but that story, though, is so great because at the end, Eddie came around and he showed that jubilant personality that everyone has associated with Eddie Guerrero. Oh, uh, uh,
3: lot, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, I was
4: super bummed when he was going mean, back. I don't think there's ever been anybody in the ring that has had that that super exciting something about them. He didn't matter what he did; he had a smile on it. He was moving, and, he, and the whole body was working
3: with it. Yeah, uh, yeah I really love what, what he did in WWE. Oh, that shit up there was crazy. I mean, that was bad. and, and the, the, in the night when him and Benoit both both won. That was that was that was right. Yeah, that was super special. That was man. right that was it was two special. little guys. Well, they weren't. No, well, they, I meant. They're not tall, they weren't
4: tall, they're six. They, they weren't giants. five, yeah. three hundred pounds. And they didn't need to be. No. They didn't need to no, be. Nobody's ever, need ever to be. needed to be. Yeah. But you know, when I tried to get this little small guy hired by Bill Watts back in the 80s, he called him an effing midget and he wouldn't, you know, what do you to do? Put him, put him on first time. match. Yep. And guess who that was? That Dynamite Kid.
3: He did okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was all right. Well, so how did Eddie, in your guy's opinion, help change the perception of what a world champion can be?
3: I think no matter what, just the, the work ethic and the belief in yourself and, you know, and, and there, <clears throat> like there was no, like, phoning in matches with Eddie Guerrero. You know, and I love that because I, I was the same way. Like, no, we're going out there. I don't give a shit if it's, it's dark. You know, I don't care if it's a dark match before the show. You know, I want to go out there. I can remember staying giving Sting a match. And he goes, Alex, that's like a pay-per-view match. I was like, yeah, so? You know, it's friggin', it's Nitro. You know, and he was like, you're right. Let's go out and do it. But Eddie was always like that. He was always going to give it. And all, you know, all, all those guys were like that. Yeah. Though. Benoit was the same way. Pride. Jericho, same way. You, you know, like, remember, they had to fight to get up there. Yeah. I, mean, I love that Jericho has had like the most unbelievable like fantasy career ever. Yeah. And not just as a wrestler. Yeah. You know, Fozzie podcast, You know, freaking, he that he's the, he's the voice of he's the voice of um uh, dark side of wrestling. And, and I, mean, I mean, just just the name four things I can come off the top of my head with, you know? <laughs> And dancing with the stars, you know, was doing that. That's how he it wasn't that that fucked yeah, Chris. He got back my up. spot. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that dancing with the stars isn't what fucked Chris up. It was all the bumps before that. And now you add that to it. Yeah. And that's what really got me and him close when I helped him, he'll get back in the ring and look at him. He's 51 and he probably just signed another multi-million dollar contract. <laughs> and the new one, the new gimmick he's got now. Uh, friggin', I just saw him coming out with a, you know, bringing uh, the, the Jericho tribute or
1: whatever. Jericho it. Appreciation Society.
3: Yeah, Jericho Appreciation. Wow. And, and he's shredding it. <laughs> you know, he, he this, That cat consistently but you know eddie was doing that too he was constantly reinventing himself you know he was with the lwo and then he you know then he freaking got he went to wwe and was really just eddie but then when they really brought that whole charisma out on him because oh, he really had it and that he could really play off of that and they they really pushed him hard and it was it was a different it was the next level you know of attitude error. you remember the first time they
4: came out with that fucking car it was yeah like sure <laughs> it was great it was great I mean come on is that an entrance or what that's Incredible. an entrance board. yeah that just throws the motorcycle thing out the window
1: <laughs> <laughs> how did you guys and your peers feel when we lost Eddie back in 2005 yeah we ain't talking about that I'm not going there yeah it was, it was uh, crushed I yeah it was brutal,
4: crushed man. angry oh. I was angry yeah. Still a I looks you know, great. I see I see, so I see his wife uh still in AEW.
3: Jesus, mm-hmm. are. Can we talk about
1: sweetheart. how good Vicky Guerrero is and like <laughs> how much she took from Eddie and became she oh, I mean yeah. she became a legit Hall of Fame manager. Excuse me with one <laughs> word.
3: Sometimes, damn, all you need yep. is one word. You yeah. At the right time. That's all you, you need is one word, and you gotta have that charisma and all that to go with it, you know. Because Ro- Ro- Ron Simmons is just a he's a bit more than damn. Like, damn, Ron Simmons. Oh. Ron Simmons is such a stud. Yeah. Such a stud. I just was I was just with him this weekend. Yeah. Uh, four sorry, years. Yeah. Four, four
4: starting years at FSU. Yeah. The coach said he was the best football player he
3: ever coached and he is the first black world champion. Yeah. Like?
1: Yeah. And
3: yep. rightfully uh, so. Yeah, uh, that couldn't be a better guy. No. yeah, you know, couldn't be a better guy.
1: Do you guys do you guys think Eddie would still be in wrestling if he were around today? He would have been Absolutely. around 55 years old. Oh god.
3: Yeah.
0: Ago. Oh god yeah. He
3: might still be working. I uh, bet he would. I think he would. I bet yeah. I bet he would. Yeah. yeah. You know. He'd be lighting it up and it'd probably, probably yeah. most likely, I don't know, because I would say AW, but WWE, he was he was a man. But you know, they only let you have that for so long. But I, he, I he, he might have been be the only
4: Yeah,
3: I think he would have loved it. He would have loved it. Oh, God, he, he would have loved, loved that it. being
4: there. Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. What a great coach he would have been, too. What oh, a great trainer God. he would have been. Uh, all-around tremendous, legitimate Hall of Fame talent. What a
4: spokesman for the Mexican people, man. Come on.
1: Yeah, yeah 100%. And, and he changed the game. And there are so many wrestlers today who draw influence from everything that Eddie did. And my favorite is yeah. when you see a Sasha Banks match and you see her doing the, the little shimmy yeah. Yeah. or you see someone throw three amigos in a match. What a great way to pay tribute to yeah. a guy like Eddie. Uh, is there anything else you guys would like to add about the life and times of uh, Eddie Guerrero?
3: I sorely missed still, but not he he's one of those guys that's missed
1: but not forgotten. He is celebrated. Yeah, yeah. celebrated he still today. There's Amazing. a hole. There's a hole left from that. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun looking it, back. These 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 are awesome stories. That triple A stuff, guys, go out of your way to watch it because it is mm. unlike anything you will <laughs> see today. It is
4: war zone, man. It's a war zone. <laughs> Truly. Uh-huh.
1: And I will never look at nail clippers the same way now. So oh, yeah.
3: uh-huh. they will attack you. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, an experience to me, boy, that I will never forget. So glad, <laughs> so glad we got it on tape again. It was like, okay, you want to be in wrestling? Check this shit out. <laughs> yeah.
4: Come on, star. You want to be a star, get your ass out here. And take uh-huh. some because poor Dallas, uh-huh. he's got to stand in the corner. He's not a moving, he's not a moving target. Yeah. In the ring, you're a moving target. And plus, they don't want to hit the baby face. So they'll start, oh, shit, I can't do it yet. Can't do it yet. He's standing there going, <laughs> you know, turning around and screaming yeah, at people. Yeah. So he's even closer. <sighs> yeah.
3: It was experience.
4: That's the way I planned it. (laughs) Exactly.
1: exactly. That's it. Hey, this was great stuff. Uh, This was great stuff, guys. Uh, Cameo.com. Go check out Jake and DDP. They're killing it over there. Uh, Dallas, anything else you'd like to throw out there for the fine people listening to DDP Snake Pit?
3: I talked about it earlier. AG1 is something I use, and it's a really healthy choice. So uh, check it out.
1: Athletic Greens, guys, athleticgreens.com. Go check all that stuff out. And next week here on DDP Snake Bit's going to be a fun one. We're talking Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Don't miss it. We'll see you next time.
3: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>